what we are seeing is um, you know organizations and enterprises of all sizes, if it's small, medium, or large, are impacted across industries. Uh, I work with customers in media and entertainment, uh, customers in gaming, customers who do this uh, as their primary business to assist uh, other customers uh, by operating one of the largest call center um, uh, in operations in the globe. So we are seeing um, you know, customers unable to you know, service their own customers, um, you know, not able to deliver uh, uh, you know, business projects uh, on time. Uh, not able to deliver products on time, and uh, very importantly, collaborate. Uh, right, the face time is missing. Um, the efficiency of uh, getting things done is definitely lacking. Um, and I think what we are seeing from past couple of weeks is uh, absolute need for uh, collaboration uh, when when uh, their employees and and consultants are stuck at home. How can they fast collaborate? How can they contribute? Um, and then uh, help each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Data Binge podcast, where we're creating a library of discussions with technologists and business leaders focusing on the human relationship with technology, my favorite thing. What I really enjoy the most about these discussions is that they tend to get deep into the topics that bring modern business forward. Augmented reality, connected everything, machine automation and AI, and today's conversation, maintaining business continuity during challenging times by enabling remote work environments. And we're going to get very specific into this arena today on the discussion. But most importantly, we talk a lot about what we as humans struggle with, from finances to emotional balance to empathy and parenting, because the human element in this world of technology is the richest component in any past, present, or future tech. Some tremendously crazy times right now with how things are going and evolving globally with the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, I'm recording this on March 29th, 2020. And being on the technology side at Microsoft, my employer, we as an organization are absolutely pivoting so very quickly to supply the world with the technology it needs to embrace this new reality and the transformation of how we work and engage with each other as things progress. So like many of you, I've never lived through anything like this before. This is absolutely mind-boggling. And I just have to comment on how amazing my employer Microsoft has been for myself and my family. I've never seen an organization supply resources and a backbone for support like the organization has. And I know a lot of other businesses and organizations are doing the same for families globally. I just had to to call that out. But not only is it giving this support and resourcing to employees, but it's also doing this for customers in real time and to the rest of the world. And there are some really great public resources that I'll share in the show notes from a COVID-19 tracker available on Bing, where you can in real time, semi-real time, look at different cases globally, different areas across the globe. And also the CDC self-diagnostic bot on the CDC's website, where you can actually engage with the bot, discuss symptoms, and it could give you prescriptive measures for how you should deal with whatever symptoms you're dealing with. And then based upon all these different recent developments, my colleague, Ali Mazahari, the director of the Microsoft Technology Center in Irvine, and I have been very involved in hosting weekly 
at this point, LinkedIn live broadcasts via our Simply Tech live program on LinkedIn, interviewing some amazing technologists who are responding to this global calamity with, of course, technology. So in the next few weeks, our traditional three to four week episode released on the Data Binge podcast is going to release an intensity because I'll be sharing those shows, those events, as we bring you some more time-relevant discussions that hopefully add value to your current situation today, both professionally and personally. Today's discussion features Uthapa Katera Chengapa, a principal cloud solution architect at Microsoft, and his job in the organization from a day-to-day perspective is to help large organizations, many of which logos that you use or are familiar with on a daily basis, stand up new tech to support their business interests, specifically utilizing Microsoft's Azure hyperscale cloud as a backbone for doing everything from hosting applications and databases to providing enterprise-grade networking and security, all the way down to hosting machine learning models and providing workspaces to run Python code. Way too many services to count across the platform. Today, Uthapa covers options for establishing remote working environments in Azure. A pretty technical discussion and significantly IT focus, a little different from episodes I've had in the past, and far more technical as we get into the depth of the remote worker challenge. But for the layman, the folks that don't understand where this is coming from, people are having to work remotely due to social distancing guidance from their laptop at home. They need to access their businesses' applications cross-regionally. So imagine you being in Southern California and having to look into a data center or tap resources in a a region in D.C. or or globally. Folks need to collaborate with this data that they're culling from these different systems cross-regionally. And they need access to the data and the resources to continue business as usual. And without all these capabilities, they would be unable to service their very own customers and maintain business continuity. This is the challenge we're inherently trying to solve and in fact are providing a solution for on the fly. Some of the things that we discussed today, we take a little time to discuss how each of us are being impacted personally and some stories that are really bringing us together. We talk about how organizations today are being impacted by COVID-19 and real challenges they are facing that we are learning day-to-day, discussion-to-discussion why depending on the cloud really matters right now and how Azure is being used to support business continuity, solutions for remote working environments that we have learned from our customers, not things that we've developed internally, but literally things that we've developed with customers collaboratively that are now being built and architected at scale to provide fluid remote work. We talk about a real story helping the largest call center in the world move their contact center management workforce to a work-from-home environment and scenarios and learnings from this engagement. So imagine how difficult it is to pull your entire global call center workforce home and to continue that customer service and answering all those different calls from the workspace of your home office or your living room. There is some sharing of a document during the live discussion, which we certainly talk through in depth. But if you would like to go back and access the architectures discussed, the on-demand link to the live video discussion will be made available in the show notes. We really hope you find value from this discussion. And at the very least, it helps add some clarity to your work engagement today and in the future as we navigate uncharted territory. Please 
leave a comment about the show on Apple Podcasts if that's the way that you consume. It helps me better circulate the content so I can better serve you through great guests and conversations. The episode is also available on Spotify and any of your favorite places to stream podcasts. We are all wishing you and your families the very most health and safety in the present and the future. Now I bring you the Simply Tech Live interview. Thanks, Derek. Uh, hey, Ali. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, this is Uttapa. So I'm a cloud solution architect with Microsoft, uh, based out of Los Angeles. Uh, been with the company for four years. My focus is mostly on um, infrastructure and application architecture. So assisting uh, customers uh, to transition to cloud, uh, helping them with best practices and guidance uh, is what all I do. Um, and uh, happy to be here. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. So, so let's let's jump right into this thing. You know, we're 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 kind of going through a, a global pandemic. Folks are really. Uh, worried about how they can work from home, what that means for them. Um, you've been like super busy with helping folks out, nonstop on calls, trying to establish people who are working from home, establish their working from home environment. Like first, what's going on with you? How is your family doing? Like how is this impacting you personally? And then Ali would love to hear about that from you as well. Yeah, I know. Uh, we are... Uh, in extraordinary times, right? Something that probably we didn't envision, um, you know, even 15 days or 30 days ago. And I think, um, you know, I have two kids, um, you know, growing up and then they're all home. Uh, I, I believe everybody is in the same boat in a way, uh, socially distant um, at the same time. Uh, I think it's important for all, all of us to kind of, um, you know, keep up what we were doing before um and find alternatives i think um not give up um hopefully the situation will die soon but but i think um in all uh, references that we have today i think this is going to prolong for some time and um i think we are coping in and uh, i think it's important for us to cope in as well and then uh, develop some new hobbies and new ways to uh, i think keep us keep ourselves occupied uh, help the community and and then um, keep looking for the future. What about yourself, Ali? Like like what's going on? I know you uh, you know you have a son that uh, you mentioned has a, a autoimmune disease uh, or deficiency. Um, what, so what are you worried about? Like you know, understanding that you're kind of at the top of running the technology center in Irvine, and now that is closed. I think. Um, what are your thoughts? What's going on? How are you working? How is your wife dealing with this? So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of challenging, especially when you have a kid with special needs. In this case, my son has type 1 diabetes. And, of course, you know, we're a little bit more concerned, making sure that uh, he's not going to catch the virus. And that makes sense for me to be even more cautious by myself. Uh, I also have my mom staying with us, and she is more on the uh, the older age side. So that's going to be another risk factor. Uh, in terms of the MTC, uh, as you mentioned, we decided to go all virtual. And this is across the, uh, the 50 locations that we have. And it's been uh, working well. It's kind of tough not to have the live audience. That human connection, again, is missing across the board. But uh, we've been on computer using uh, tools like Teams and all the, the capabilities that we have uh, at our disposal 
to have the connection with the customers. And uh, it's been really busy. And uh, as uh, you know, we all know this is gonna take some time. So we are all adapting. Uh, but it's especially a little bit harder for my team and you know all the other architects that are working at NPC because they used to be at the office all the time uh, versus with the other roles like you and others, you kind of used to work remote. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it, for me, this is very comfortable working from home. I think you know we're, we're entertaining my wife's arrangement. She's not yet working from home. She works for an indi- uh, industrial hygiene, environmental testing uh, uh, boutique consultancy. So they are an essential business. They have to keep running. They're continuing to work there. A lot of pressure on her about what to, you know what we should do with our kids, how that's working. They're both in a daycare to this point. The daycare is continuing to stay open. Uh, it's an essential business as well. The daycare itself is taking all these different precautions in terms of how to coordinate with the parents and all those different things. Of, of course, there's risk involved. This is a lot of pressure and stuff coming down, but I think it's nice to see everyone else dealing with it in their own way. Uthapa, can you talk about what businesses are going to be challenged with the most right now in terms of business continuity? And Ali, feel free to, to chime yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we, what we are seeing is, um, you know, organizations and enterprises of all sizes, if it's small, medium, or large, are impacted across industries. Uh, I work with customers in media and entertainment, uh, customers in gaming, customers who do this uh, as their primary business to assist uh, other customers uh, by operating one of the largest call center um, uh, in operations in the globe. So we are seeing um, you know, customers unable to you know, service their own customers, um, you know, not able to deliver uh, uh, you know, business projects uh, on time. Uh, not able to deliver products on time, and uh, very importantly, collaborate. Uh, right, the face time is missing. Um, the efficiency of uh, getting things done is definitely lacking. Um, and I think what we are seeing from past couple of weeks is uh, absolute need for uh, collaboration uh, when when uh, their employees and and consultants are stuck at home. How can they fast collaborate? How can they contribute? Um, and then uh, help each other. And I was just looking at a couple different statistics. So in 1980, uh, in the United States, 0.67% of the workforce worked from home, 0.67. And then in 2017, it was around 3%. So, you know, not much change. But I mean, today, I'm guessing everyone who's not a first-line worker, <laughs> meaning they're not in, a, in a, some kind of a manufacturing uh, environment or working for the port, or maybe working in retail, you know, these essential stores that are selling goods and you know, probably medical professionals. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. And just, we had our all hands with uh, our senior leadership team at Microsoft and they were talking about just the Teams platform and our virtual platforming and how hyperscale cloud has now stepped in to give the additional capacity, not only to our product stack teams, but you know, Zoom and these other characters mm-hmm. and companies are having to depend on hyperscale cloud. So, can you just walk us through? Like, you're a business, you have employees that need to work remote. Like, can you talk about the optioning that they have? What you've been talking about with customers, just to give some color as to what people should be doing right now. 
Sure. Um, can I can I share my screen and go on? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, share your share your screen. I'm gonna I'm gonna toggle this thing so that uh, your screen shows up here. And while we were doing that, I mean, one thing that was kind of mind-boggling was just like the number of active users for Teams, like you know, past couple of weeks, like you know, 44 million. It was just like huge. And I hear from even partners, even from partners like Avid, that they're trying to provide all the services that. Uh, folks can do editing remotely, so it's kind of impacting everything. It looks like we have the slides up. Absolutely, and I think a lot of um, you know software vendors are now trying to um, you know deliver uh, their services online. Maybe they were already thinking about it. Maybe they already have it, but not probably in in this scale, right? I think the scale is very important. When we deal with large customers, you know, we are not looking at you know five, ten, twenty employees. We are now looking at you know ten thousand, twenty thousand, and hundred thousand employees, and 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 trying to build a solution. It has to be robust. It has to be scalable. It has to be globally distributed, um, you know, uh, and and eliminate all the choke points as much as possible. And I think uh, that's what we are trying to do, um, you know, uh, when we talk about these solutions and uh, how customers. Uh, and of, of any sizes they can actually adopt to those. And as you mentioned, you know, Teams is a great starting point for, you know, customers uh, to start collaborating. Um, and uh, Azure builds on top of it, right? What Azure provides um, is virtual data center for of, of, of all the customers, um, you know, of any sizes. And then what, what we have built essentially um, is set of solutions that has come from, various brainstorming sessions that we have had with customers. So I was telling Derek yesterday that these are the solutions that were built by the customers. You know, it's not something that we went to the customers with. In fact, you know, these are the solutions that were built. So these are, you know, field tested for massive scale. And, um, you know, we we are seeing a lot of adoption of these solutions. Uh, and, And definitely there are a lot of variations that's possible even within these solutions, right? Um, and so, so here are some of the solutions that that we are constantly working uh, enhancing. Uh, the first one being Windows Virtual Desktop. Um, many of our audience would probably know this. This is delivering Windows, um, you know, over over a session. Um, so the Windows uh, Desktop itself uh, is on the cloud, and and the end users access it uh, over a over a remote desktop client. And uh, this is uh, massively attractive uh, because uh, the the management and administration of this um, solution itself is completely managed, um, you know, by Microsoft. Right? Uh, it offers uh, the industry's first multi-session Windows 10 experience. There's no way, um, you know, you could you could get this experience outside of Azure. Um, and then the third important point is the customers can use their existing Windows 10, um, you know, licenses and agreements, right? So they don't have to actually, you know, pay for additional licenses. Uh, in most scenarios, um, they only pay for uh, the compute. That means the servers um, and the storage uh, they use at the time of running these, um, you know, desktops, right? So at a very high level, um, this this picture uh, kind of tells that story where um, anything um, on on the on the black or the gray boxes here um, is is managed by Microsoft, where we take care of um, you know gateway,ing brokering, managing the sessions for you, 
and the customers um, you know, set up these virtual desktops so they can bring their own policies, images, uh, and within their network, right? When I say within their network, within the uh, Azure virtual network that they can control, um, and then they can connect back to their applications uh, through a private connectivity, uh, say, for example, through Express Route. So what this enables is, uh, one, um, the, the massive uh, you know, infrastructure that Microsoft has built uh, and also secured, right? So you as a customer get access to both. You know, the users are authenticated using Azure Active Directory, uh, which is the same technology that that uh, is used for Office 365, which is powering you know millions and uh, hundreds and millions of you know email uh, boxes and and um, you know end user files. Right, the same technology is used to authenticate the end user, um, and then uh, it provides a secured tunnel uh, back to the workstations that are deployed. Uh, you know, um, you know the Windows 10 desktops that are deployed on Azure. Right, no opening of uh, firewall ports. Um, not even um, you know RDP ports need to be opened on this uh, workstations, uh, and that's how we enable connectivity um, you know to to these desktops. And then because they are deployed in the network of your uh, control, you can connect those workstations back to the applications uh, that is deployed within your data center. How quickly I can have this up and running? In the, in the matter of hours. Uh, because um, you know most organizations have an Azure Active Directory tenant already. If not, it's it's pretty easy to set up. It's a multi-tenant a directory as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you can get started in few seconds, um, and that's the prerequisite. And then once you have that, um, you know, um, you know, the next step would be to essentially spin those workstations up. Now you could start with the gallery uh, Windows 10. Um, you know, image, um, you know, and then you can you can customize it to match your security, um, you know, policies, or you can upload your own image. And uh, if you have the connectivity set up, then, um, you know, well and good. If not, you can get just get started on the cloud by loading your applications and then uh, expand um, to connect to other regions, other data centers of your choice uh, or other branch offices of your choice. And then uh, what, what is the story with the legacy applications, if they have any? Absolutely. So, uh, so um, you know, Windows Virtual Desktop supports uh, Windows 7 as well, um, you know, with uh, security updates. So you can uh, use uh, Windows 7 desktops. Uh, again, Windows Virtual Desktop, um, though the na- name says desktop, it, is, it can actually be used to just publish uh, applications. So you mm-hmm. can load the applications and then make those applications available for end users. Now, again, if you have really older applications, then you you use this as a as a jump host, right? You can use it as a as a channel to get to um, you know your data center and access the applications there. So there are multiple ways um, that could be addressed in the in the legacy application scenario. And uh, one other thing that I see on the diagram, and I think that's going to be relative to most customers, I think that the connectivity, I mean, not everybody has access to Express Route, uh, but, you know, if they're running applications like QuickBooks, uh, they need to have, you know, access to the back end. And that's where, you know, uh, you and, you know, our team can also help the customers to establish their VPN and configuration, correct? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that connectivity can be to your data center or can be to to a, another hosted environment, right? Uh, or HTTPS. So, so yes, absolutely. I mean, this is one scenario, um, and then there are so many ways that they can connect back to their backend applications. So, in the past, we used to have like you know customers coming to the MDC, or you know uh, you as a solution architect going to the uh, customer on site and work with the IT and a networking and a security team. Uh, how does it work now that everybody's remote? Uh, are we jumping on a Teams? session and we're going to, you know, kind of do like a hackathon and work together. And uh, how long does it take for, you know, this infrastructure to be up and running and have the end users, you know, being productive at home? Yeah, with, with advent of teams and, and um, you know, different ways to collaborate, um, the channel of working with our customers remotely was always there. Um, you know, in fact, we limited um, it on, an on-site presence as much as possible because our customers are worldwide. Um, so it, it, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, feasible to, you know, you know, click off a button. We can all get on a video conference and then get started. Um, so that's, that's how we have been working with our customers. So that hasn't changed at all. So, so in terms of collaboration, things have actually improved, I would say because the awareness that uh, the customers have and, and the importance of getting online and getting things done. Um, so yeah, so uh, screen sharing sessions, um, you know, introduction sessions, and then directly get to it because the power of cloud, you can test things out. In fact, we have four other options. You, you know, customers can try any of them and then see which one works for them. Then if, if uh, you know, few solutions doesn't work, it's just, you know, go ahead and destroy them, right? Um, because, um, you know, you pay only for those resources that you use um, eventually. So, Uthapa, so how can you describe, you know, when you're getting on call on calls, what, like, how, and you're saying that this is like a, a conglomeration of all the different feedback customers are doing in real time, you and the rest of the other architects are, I mean, it's almost impossible for you guys to reach you guys, so it's awesome to have you on this call. Like, how are you learning in real, how is that collaboration happening in real time? Is the customer coming and saying, look, this is our environment, here's our applications. You're coming in and saying, here's an architecture that's working. Um, are you being, are you, are you being very empathetic to what their environment looks like? Like, can you describe what that journey looks like from the first call to their, like, what the hell do we do into them having a working solution across these five options you have here? Absolutely. I mean, I can talk about a scenario uh, as uh, as latest as this morning, right? So, you know, uh, throughout yesterday, we we you know spent few hours with our customer, who's one of the largest call center operators in the world. Um, you know, they manage you know hundred thousand plus call center agents across the globe. They have to enable them, um, you know, these call center agents to to start connecting to their backend applications. So we did some whiteboarding using the Teams whiteboarding, so you know, uh, option there. Uh, you know, we created diagrams on the flow. Uh, we we articulated you know pros and cons of few options in there. You know, we talked about costs. We talked about best practices. More importantly, we talked about the limitations. Right, uh, there are some things that really have to be kept in mind. Like for example, um, you know, if end users Azure VPN solution, um, there is a limit of ten thousand connections, right? Um, so for a customer of of a scale of fifty thousand or hundred thousand agents, then how do we design that in an effective manner, right? 
So be aware of the limits. Be aware of of um, you know the restrictions that could could be there because of the capacity. Be aware of security aspects that that should not be ever um, you know uh, you know removed from from the the aspect of creating a solution. And then at the same time, how fast you can build and then prove this out. I think those are the four more learnings that that I'm definitely seeing all throughout uh, these past few weeks. And for organizations that don't even have machines, like they don't have mobile machines, um, workforces, maybe smaller businesses that, you know, like you mentioned the call center. So you have probably so many businesses where the CEOs, presidents, boards are like, we don't know what to do. We don't even have the laptops or the surfaces or the MacBooks, whatever to give to them to take home. In that type of arrangement, I mean, you're talking to some pretty sophisticated people in infrastructure and IT probably on a daily basis, but for the not so in sophisticated, what is your what is your advice? Yeah, so so for example, Windows Virtual Desktop, um, you know, offers a client that is available across most platforms, uh, whether it is an um, you know Android uh, handheld, you know, iOS and uh, Mac OS, you know Windows. Um, so this is just a client that you can download from Microsoft Store and then get started. Um, and also, you know, Windows Virtual Desktop is not the only option, right? You know, you you have an option such as uh, let me just show you one other option in here. And then uh, Sonia from our team, our healthcare team, she said, "Hey guys, what's up?" And then Ken Miller said, "Love this, great ideas and innovation." Next time you're coming on here, Ken, get ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so so this is another solution um, that we are also working towards, right? Uh, where, yeah, so uh, you know, I don't want you know, desktops on the cloud. Instead, um, I need remote connectivity for my end users, and they could be in, on any device. How do I get that access, um, you know, back to my on-prem applications, right? Because uh, you know, one, uh, these applications cannot be moved to cloud readily. Second, uh, they back channel to other applications that probably isn't in their control, right? For example, their customers' applications. So uh, using the Azure WAN service, um, enabling any-to-any connectivity, now with a single service that can give end users access to applications, whether it is in in their on-prem data centers um, or on cloud, or on any externally uh, hosted uh, backend, right? Um, so it's a single client that could be again deployed from the Microsoft Store uh, or um, you know apps on Android um, or iOS, and then now they can connect to do these applications, right? Um, and again, this is optimized uh, over the network. So the WAN service chooses the best available path. Um, so it helps end users uh, which are uh, who are globally distributed, and then again, this uses Azure Active Directory for authentication. So you can enforce policies such as multi-factor authentication, location-based access control, conditional policies, um, you know, all kind of included uh, when we talk about uh, such solutions to our customers. So uh, we are fully uh, on board in terms of support, and we actually changing the way we're interacting with the customer, meaning that uh, my team and, you know, rest of the locations, they're on standby. 
and whenever there is a need, uh, the accounting for each customer can reach out to us. And of course, things like uh, Windows Virtual Desktop, team rollout, uh, you know, chatbots for like, you know, uh, uh, crisis management. These are all capabilities that we can jump on a Teams call and help customers roll out. And uh, with the help from the CSA team, uh, definitely we can get them up and running as quickly as possible. Uh, again, we're kind of changing and adapting to the way we support customer, both internally, which is you guys, and externally, our actual customers. And uh, it's going to be busy next couple of months as we all work together. Yeah, I, I agree. It, just from my perspective, quickly on the data and AI side, this entire call was absolutely over my head. <laughs> so I was like, wish I had a dictionary so could be looking things up in real time. Um, but I'm more busier than ever. People are wanting to move projects forward. And with the help of Uthapa and the rest of the team, I think it's getting ever more possible. A couple things I wanted to leave the call with. Um, I wrote a, a pretty awesome uh, LinkedIn publication on uh, the five accelerators to working effectively at home, which is non-technical. Uh, I talk about just quickly five things, mindset, having the right mindset, working from home, bringing all your good baggage, leaving your bad baggage in the office, efficiency, why it's the best, I think, to work at home. You can just be so much more efficient. You know, Remember to block your schedule if you have to have a task, put everything on your schedule, whether it be feeding Amanda and Johnny or you know spending some time with your family, put it on the schedule using the right tooling and tech. So we had talked about a lot of tooling and tech today. And then finally, you know, ergonomics and health. So making sure that you're eating, you know, you have access to natural light. There's a ton of uh, studies I put in there for things that will help you accelerate uh, at home. You know, I got some some bands in the back here where I do a little bit of working out. While I'm on calls, don't tell anybody. You know, things that just can keep you awake while you're working. Um, yeah, and, and keep the social distance. I mean, this is the most important thing these days. And I assume our next couple of sessions, are, they're all going to be work from home, virtually, and uh, again, looking forward to continuing helping customers. Yep, I agree. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thapa, thanks so much for your time. Uh, you as well, Lee. Stay safe, and hopefully everyone watching is, uh, is doing the same thing. Let's do a virtual high five. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also reach out to me anytime via email at Derek at thedatabinge.com. The Data Binge podcast is a personal thought form where we share knowledge and ideas. Views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot.